Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. So let's continue uh, with this sermon series. Like I mentioned before, we are in Swipe Up, Choosing Wisdom for Life, Love, and Leadership. Last week, we heard from John Carlos, who reminded us that um, life the size of your life matches the size of your heart. Do you all remember that? Put it in the chat if you were here last week. Boy, it was so good. The size of your life matches the size of your heart. And so that's not only why we love, but it's why we worship a God of love. Because if God is purely loving, if God is eternally loving us, that means that God is eternally expansive in ways that we are constantly trying to emulate, constantly trying to, to lean into, try to, trying to put into our lives. When we talk about wisdom in the sermon series, we're not just talking about like, um, you know, like uh, the, the next little adage that helps you be more productive. We're talking about how to infuse your life with the kind of love that completely transforms you and therefore completely transforms the world. That's the kind of wisdom that we are pursuing, and uh, Proverbs is trying to give us a leg up on how to pursue that. Um, so I want to start off with a, um, I don't know if any of you saw the show, um, I, Might, I May Destroy You. Put it in the chat if you've seen I May Destroy You. Whoo! It's intense. It was... <laughs> It's like basically one of the most well done shows that I've ever seen, but it has like every trigger warning in the world. So it's like it's ultra violent and, and definitely triggery, but uh, we also like learn a lot from that. And I feel like I May Destroy You presents one of the key themes in Proverbs that I want to share with you today. Because if you're trying to read Proverbs uh, with New City, maybe reading a chapter a week, um, one of the key themes that I really want you to train your eyes for, to train your heart for as you're reading scripture, is the nature of evil and the nature of wisdom in terms of self-destruction. In I May Destroy You, we open with this story, and this is like a, a little bit of spoilers, but you would learn this within like the first 15 minutes of the show. So like 15 minutes of spoilers. So we cut to the main character, who is this like rising author. Her career like started on Twitter, and then she started getting some notice from book uh, publishing companies, and they gave her this grant where she could go to Italy in this like villa, and uh, and the focus for her was to write, just like write, and and to you finish a chapter, finish a book, like just get away from things and really focus in. Um, as it turns out, uh, for reasons that I won't spoil, she was not able to focus on writing in that particular uh, uh, time away in Italy. So she goes back to the UK. It is the night before her meeting with her publisher when she's supposed to hand them a manuscript of what she has written. It is the night before, and it cuts to her just you know, illuminated only by the light of her laptop, looking at a blank page, just trying to frantically pound out any words that she can. And she gets a text from her friend that's like, hey, you're back. Can we check in? 
And there was that moment where she's like, am I going to stay writing or am I going to check in with my friend? And she ends up like setting a timer and then going to check in with her friend, which totally veered her off course. And this, I think, is a very cringy moment. Like, I don't know if you felt like the back of your spine and <laughs> just feel the way that mine just did in describing this. But I think it's a perfect um, illustration of, of something that uh, folks call self-sabotage, which is to say like setting yourself up for a certain type of failure, even when you know that your actions are leading to your failure. Paul in the New Testament calls it, um, or he says like, I do what I don't want to do, and then I don't do what I want to do. And that's like <laughs> self-sabotage. That's what it means to self-sabotage. Maybe even this week you can think of times where you knew that something was supposed to happen for the flourishing of your life and for other people, and, and something kind of like held you back, kind of arrested you. Or, or maybe you know of a time when you were doing something that you were like, no, I probably shouldn't be doing this, and yet there you were doing it. That's what we want to examine today. And I guess I should also give a warning up top, like there's some real opportunities for shame spirals as we're talking about self-sabotage. I don't know if that's particularly helpful in this context. Shame is, shame is simply an emotion that helps us to see whether or not we're acting in a way that is pro-social to our tribe. Shame is just trying to say like, hey, if you do this, then you might get kicked out. And that's a very helpful evolutionary tool. However, uh, as we're looking at wisdom and applying wisdom to your life, let's just, let's just buckle shame into the back seat and focus on uh, wisdom, because that is the main thing. And the main question that I'm asking in this sermon is why do we keep self-sabotaging? Why do we keep self-sabotaging? Um, and, and I think that it's like a really important question because if we don't ask why we keep self-sabotaging, then we won't ask, we won't be able to get to wisdom. This was actually an observation that came through in the comments last week, not a little bit in the sermon, but in the comments last week. In Proverbs, one of the markers or characteristics of evil is that it destroys itself. One of the ways that Proverbs thinks of evil, one of the ways to recognize evil, is evil is the thing that destroys itself, and wisdom is the thing that sustains. The, the ways of God, the ways of the Lord, as we read in Proverbs, are the things that not only uh, continue in perpetuity, but are able to foster flourishing and creation in all of uh, in all of the world. Evil is something that, even if it involves a particular advantage in the moment, a lot of proverbs is like, you'll see that uh, there's a way that you can get ahead in the moment, but ultimately the ways of evil destroys itself. The ways of the empire destroys itself. And, and the ways of God, the ways of this eternally loving, liberating God are, are things that like, cause the flourishing of all of creation. And so wisdom is not just about, um, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's not just like hot tips and tricks for life. It's like, how do you live in a way that doesn't destroy itself? I think about um, posture, like I don't know when you were kids if you were ever told to not slouch and I bet even as I'm saying this you're kind of like, oops, I'm gonna, I need to pay attention to my posture. 
I remember like being told by teachers like don't slouch and I often slouch because my head is approximately 50% of my body weight. So I often slouch and I remember teachers telling me to not slouch and I remember it always being associated with some sort of like shame or like I'm bad or slouchers are people who don't make it and, and people with great posture are the people who make it. But really posture is just about like you giving your body the best chance of having the most health in perpetuity <laughs> for the rest of your life. Like slouching isn't bad because it's bad. Slouching is, is, is just a way of, of showing up to the world that can kind of hurt over time. That, that, and by the time that it starts really hurting, by the time that you really start having problems from slouching, it's almost like even harder to correct it than if you were to just try to have posture, uh, good posture in the first place. And so like, I wish that my uh, teachers just said like, hey, we try to have posture because it's easier to breathe, because it'll cause less pain in, when you're later on in life, because uh, it recruits certain muscle groups that are helpful in keeping you strong. And I think of Proverbs as kind of making those types of observations. Like, hey, there's certain actions that like, like slouching, like might feel good in the moment, but ultimately, like there might, it might cause some pain to yourself and others. It might cause a certain type of like weakness or atrophy in yourself that will not prepare you to face the challenges of life. And so as you read through Proverbs, if you think that some of it sounds kind of judgy, just know that it's all on this backdrop of like trying to create a certain self-sustaining lifestyle of love. And one of the ways, one of the key characters, one of the, my, <laughs> I love this about Proverbs, one of the key like um, voices that is present in Proverbs that isn't particularly present in the rest of the Bible, something totally unique to Proverbs, something really helpful in, in understanding how you can live a wise and self-sustaining life, something key in understanding how to create the flourishing of the world and the justice that you long for, is a certain character uh, who is named da -da -da -da, Lady Wisdom, as depicted here by Adrian Warren <laughs> in the Broadway revival of Tina. Lady Wisdom is a completely, a completely unique character who um, is uh, uh, she, some biblical scholars speculate like Lady Wisdom is like the female counterpart to like a male creator God. Some folks, uh, some Christian theologians say like that sure sounds like the Holy Spirit to me. Um, the Lady Wisdom is a character in Proverbs who speaks, who acts, who it says uh, she was there in the beginning of the universe. Like, uh, Lady Wisdom is a prominent character. And of course, like, the reason why I had her portrayed by Adrienne Warren, who, uh, uh, portraying Tina Turner, is because Adrienne Warren, this past Sunday, won Best Actress in a Musical, uh, won the Tony for Best Actress in a Musical. Congratulations. I was rooting for you all along. And I'm just trying to stay relevant. Um, there's lots of churches that are preaching this morning who are going to be like using uh, latest football images. And so <laughs> why can't we just use a little bit of Tina Turner to get going? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. 
Um, so I'm seeing lots of uh, smiles in the in the chat. Yeah. So. Lady Wisdom, who shows up three times throughout the book of Proverbs, has some things to say about how to show up to a wise life. And kind of uh, the implication of this is that if we make friends with Lady Wisdom, Sophia is her name in the Hebrew, if we make friends with Lady Wisdom, if we follow her ways, if we, if we uh, uh, walk the path of Lady Wisdom, then we will be able to slowly and surely insulate ourselves from the type of self-destruction, the self-sabotage that continues to plague our life. Lady Wisdom is gentle and persistent in saying, like, there are certain ways that you can show up to the world. And if you emulate my ways, then it'll help in, in, um, in all the areas of your life. And so in order to understand how to not self-sabotage, we have to understand Lady Wisdom. And there are three things that I want to emphasize to you that characterize Lady Wisdom relevant for our lives. Three things. Okay, so first up, Lady Wisdom speaks in the public square. <laughs> I love this about her. So first of all, Lady Wisdom uh, is, uh, so she like goes to the marketplaces. It says that she proclaims to the simple. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit is trying to infuse your life with wisdom, not simply for the elites. And, and the Holy Spirit doesn't just go to people who are holy and who uh, are, are high up in a monastery somewhere. The Holy Spirit is speaking in the public square, in the marketplace, to the simple and the undeserving. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you and me. Lady Wisdom is inviting you no matter where you are in your practice. And this is relevant because I know that there are folks in the New City community who are like, listen, I grew up Christian and now I have like serious doubts about that. Or folks who are like, I never grew up Christian. I just like New City because we talk about, you know, social justice and stuff. But like, Christians show up really scary in social media and, and in the public discourse. Like, what are we doing in America and Christianity? And you have those types of doubts. And then there are folks who are like, I am literally a pastor skipping my own church because I like New City Church. <laughs> I see you. Thank you for being here. Um, and so wherever you are in your faith journey, the Holy Spirit, Lady Wisdom, is speaking to you, is meeting you in your life. The, the Holy Spirit is responding to the doubts and the questions that you have. And in fact, a lot of those doubts and questions are you opening the door to wisdom in your life. If you're feeling like you're not totally confident about Christianity, you're not totally confident about the faith, that you kind of like, uh, I'm kind of leaning back, or like, I'm not sure, this isn't fitting how it used to, that is the doorway to wisdom being opened in your life. That is the Holy Spirit saying, thank God you're finally cracking open a window so that instead of living in this hyper-controlled, isolated thing called uh, a stagnant faith, you are instead allowing yourself to entertain certain questions or doubts that the Holy Spirit wants to meet. And the reason why this is important is, is it's like muscles. Like you have to kind of break down muscles 
muscles in order to build up muscles. And similarly, like we have to ask questions, we have to have doubts in our faith in order for the Holy Spirit to respond to it for us to be stronger in our faith. And so, like wherever you are, the Holy Spirit is meeting you in the public square. The second thing that's important about Lady Wisdom is that she lets us experience the consequences of our choices. She looks out over some of the foolishness, and yeah, so she like preaches to the simple and to the undeserving, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't like invite people to change, right? <laughs> like, wisdom is inviting all of us to a certain type of transformation. And that means that when she is looking at our lives, when, when God looks at our lives, sometimes the, the way to catalyze transformation is to allow us to experience the consequences of our actions, experience the consequences of our actions. Uh, sometimes if folks are acting a fool, they need to uh, uh, experience the consequences of what that means in order for them to get out of that rut. If folks like know that they have to pay rent every day and, or every month and then they're going and spending their money on things that they don't need and aren't contributing to the flourishing of life, like if it gives you joy, that's a whole other thing. But it, like sometimes people are like just spending money on things that they don't need and then they're not able to pay, pay rent, sometimes like it's helpful, you know, like I believe in, in uh, grace for rent, but sometimes it's helpful for good friends to have questions that are like, why is that the case? What transformation might your life be inviting you to right now? How might wisdom be inviting you to look at even your finances, to look at how you can uh, set yourself up for the flourishing of life, and not only for yourself, but for your whole community? Um, in the scripture, which I'm going to ask to go full screen, um, uh, we read Lady Wisdom say, Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and be sated with their own devices. For waywardness kills the simple. Ooh! And the complacency of fools destroys them. But those who listen to me will be secure and will live at ease without dread of disaster. Oh, I love that for, for two reasons. One, because she's naming like there's a certain type of, um, uh, if, if, you, if you act in a certain way that is uh, infused with violence and oppression, this section was particularly talking about people who um, lay by the side of the road getting ready to ambush people and rob them, that there's a certain catch to that and that, that, that will impact your life. And so that's like one thing. But on the other side of it, she's like, hey, there's a certain like confidence and peace that comes in living a wise life. There's a certain like groundedness that comes with wisdom where a lot of the fear of your actions catching up to you doesn't have to haunt you anymore. And that's one of the gifts of wisdom is that certain like kind of peace. Not that perfection exists or that we're ever trying to go for perfection. Again, shame is buckled up in the back seat, but rather that we're aiming for something that allows us to um, be confident and at peace with our decisions. Uh, we're aiming for decisions that let us sleep at night. And thirdly, I, I just want to name that uh, Lady Wisdom uh, <laughs> 
wants us to flourish and to experience joy and to love God. This, of course, is a picture of Adrian Warren, Tony Award winner, uh, with the uh, actual Tina Turner. And, and in the scripture, and I'm going to ask this to go full screen as well, um, uh, Lady Wisdom says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity and live and walk in the way of insight. I think that this is a really important observation because uh, uh, a lot of times we think of adulthood as like, well, I have to be an adult. How many times have you said that this week? Well, I have to be a grown-up. Well, I have to be an adult. And that means that I don't get to do the things that I want to do. That means I have to like do the things that I have to do, the things I'm responsible to do. And I think that there is a certain part of maturity that comes with that. Like there's a delayed gratification that comes with having a fully developed prefrontal cortex. <laughs> like, like it's kind of your job to be able to do that. But the other side of the story is that a wise life, uh, the reason why we make these like adult decisions is because there's a certain harvest to them. There's a certain pleasure, a baseline joy that we get to enjoy when we have things like honest conflict or <laughs> when we, when we uh, practice wise stewardship of our resources, when we push against injustice, which Proverbs talks about all the time, when we shape society in wise ways, when we show up to things that we know that we need to show up to, ultimately that will yield a certain harvest of joy and delight where we can have a meal together in peace. Like that is ultimately what joy is shooting for. And I think that's important for us to coach our bodies in knowing because sometimes our bodies are like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. And the more we can have like little tastes, little like sample platters of the kingdom of God in our lives, the more we can really notice the fruit of, of our actions and delight in them. Um, the more that we'll be able to tutor our body in making these types of wise decisions. This is kind of like a Pavlovian thing, right? Like where Pavlov, of course, being the psychologist who um, uh, 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 gave a treat to a dog and rang a bell and gave a treat to a dog and rang a bell and gave a treat to a dog and rang a bell. And then eventually he just started ringing the bell and the dog started salivating even without the treat. <laughs> it's like there's a certain Pavlovian response that we're trying to ingrained in ourselves that's like finding joy in in the ways that God moves in the world and really like taking that in and delighting in that and then associating that back with these types of wise longer term decisions. Um, you know, this morning, uh, for worship, in fact, I was getting up um, and we get here early to try to work out all the kinks. We really do try. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, wow, this is earlier than I want to be awake. And I don't know. And I, I got on my bike. And so I started biking over to the church building as we're doing this. And it was kind of like that cool air experience where it's like fall and it's a morning, but it's still kind of like you only need a sweater. And the sun was breaking through the clouds and there were birds starting to sing and kind of that like getting ready for winter kind of way. And it was pretty quiet, the, the green way. And I was biking down it and I just, 
was in awe of God. Like I, all of a sudden, like scripture was rising in my body and I was like, this is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in this. And I was like, just like taking in the amazing gift of this moment. And I was like, this is, this is kind of like the reward of wise living. This is the reward of good policy, of bike lanes being able to be a thing. This is the reward of me getting my tires pumped even when I didn't want to. And this is the reward of, of a practice that allows you to experience God more and more in everyday moments. And the sumptuousness of that allows us to live into more and more um, wise delightful living. And so uh, I've, I've got for a while, I just want to close with some sassy questions about self-sabotage, some sassy questions for you to ask yourself about self-sabotage. And you can, um, if you want to, you can come to Sacred Witnessing, the Zoom call that we have after this worship service, and, and we can talk more about these sassy questions about self-sabotage. Okay, so here's some sassy questions. Do you believe that you can be wise? Like you can make good decisions. And do you believe that the people around you can be wise? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit is preaching in the marketplace? Do you believe that you can actually change? And uh, Because part of changing, part of transformation is the belief that you can change. And part of delegation and leadership is to believe that other people can be wise even when it seems like they are acting a fool and doing it differently than how you would do it. Uh, are you prolonging suffering by not letting people experience the, quest the consequences of their actions? Are you letting the empire destroy itself? These are, so it's like, by constantly saving people who are in patterns of self-destruction, like this is coming up again and again and again, sometimes we keep trying to save folks who need to experience a little bit of consequences of their actions. I don't believe in the carceral system. I don't believe in, in um, uh, uh, a society where, where uh, people don't have access to food or housing. Like, but I'm just saying like, sometimes people get in ruts. And sometimes, unless they see the reality of their agency, they won't know how to, how to utilize that agency towards, towards wisdom. And similarly, like, sometimes it's our job to let the empire destroy itself. <laughs> like, sometimes it's our job to look at totalitarianism and oppression and to say, like, I'm not going to save you from yourself because, <laughs> like, you are destroying all of us. This is going to destroy all of us. And then lastly, is there a way for more God-blessed delight, joy, and connection to be in your life. And also, are you, are you drinking water? <laughs> That's a shorthand of saying, like, are you taking in these simple, meaningful miracles that God is putting in your life? Like, are you seeing how there's so much to be grateful for, for as much as, the, as life is truly a dumpster fire, like a lot of the time? There are ways that we can have pleasure in meaningful moments. And if we connect that to making wise decisions, then we'll be able to uh, uh, slowly turn ourselves around, to be able to slowly realize that there's another way. Um, that's the invitation for today. And I see uh, lots in the comments. I needed to hear this. This sermon is phenomenal. Rejoice. Yes, yes, yes. I'm just saying, like, there is, a, there is a word of wisdom that is coming into your life right now. And I want us to take a moment just to be able to truly uh, reflect on what that wisdom might be.